the house. It's good to be back. I thank God for allowing me and my wife to be able to go and to come back. Amen. Safe and sound. We already know there's danger seen and every uh, seen and unseen everywhere we go. And uh, I, I, I want to tell you, we were in Virginia, but they're still killing folk out there too, all over the place. So we need to continue to pray, 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 pray. Sister Eleanor would say, because guess what? If you don't think anything's happening because you're praying, please don't stop. It would get worse. Amen. Uh, we do give all glory, praise, and honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is alive and doing well. Give God some praise this morning, if you would. I um, want to thank God for the fiduciary or church finance ministry under Minister Gloria Presley and Deacon Tart Johnson. I, uh, how about the awesome ABC social media ministry, audio and video? Church brand director, yeah, I'm saying it right, Sister Pam Lampkin and her staff, amen, Pam, raise your hand, amen, and her staff, uh, Jonas Floyd, Maurice Cole, and of course, the assistance of Sister, uh, her daughter, Peyton, amen, we ain't gonna leave her out, amen. Amen. Somebody said, face it, what I look like and I'm doing all this running around and getting stuff. Amen. We give honor where honor is due. I'm not finished. I need to say this before we get into the message. Um, then I want to thank our faithful and committed brother Jimmy Presley. Amen. Brother Jimmy Presley, he looks out for uh, the overall well-being of our church, both internal and external components. And I want him to know that. Amen. We also want to acknowledge the faithfulness of our ushers and nurses. I hope I don't leave nobody else. Sister Evelyn Little, Sister Selena, Sister Evelyn Autry, Brother Delano, uh, the dual ministry commitment of Deacon and Usher Keith Johnston. Um, I want to thank God for our musicians, Elder Earl Staten, Brother Curtis, and KJ. He's here with us today. Amen. Thank God for our deacons and other ministry leaders and members. Yes, I was away, but I, I watch what's going on. Amen. I, I listen. I hear you the preaching and teaching. I, I'm supposed to. Amen. I want to thank God for our pastor's aid ministry under the direction of Sister Pat Reese. Amen. 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 Our church administrator, Cindy Johnston, who has a full plate and then some. She don't want nobody to know. I know it. Amen. Our praise and worship ministry under the leadership of uh, Minister Tamika Gilbert, Reverend Richard Pointer, Sister Danielle Pointer, Sister Denise White, Melissa Banton, and everybody that participates. Amen. You ought not take anything for granted. I don't. Amen, somebody. Don't forget our preachers who blessed us every Sunday. Am I right about it? Give God some praise for the preachers. We had Reverend Richard Pointer, Minister Gloria Presley, Minister Tamika Gilbert, and God used them to bless us with a timely word every Sunday, each Sunday. Am I right about it? Amen. Now, I have to say this just for a, a quick minute or second. Somebody asked me again, 
how come you call Reverend Pointer and then you say Minister Presley and Minister Gilbert? Why don't, why don't they say, well, some of y'all forgot Reverend Pointer, he went into the ordination council four or five hours screening on the theology and all his knowledge and he was ordained, amen, after all of that, amen, under that pressure uh, three or four years ago, amen. He went in, Minister Richard Pointer. When he finished and then he passed the exam, they said, from now on, you're Reverend Richard Pointer. That's why. It's not cause we try to make man, woman different. Y'all try to do, not you, but some of y'all try to make that a difference. That's why. And if the women go and get ordained, they'll be reverend whoever also. Amen. So that's why you hear reverend here and minister. They ain't trying to distinguish cause he a male or anything. No, no, no. That's what he earned. He earned that title. So we're not going to take away and we're not going to get caught up in funny foolishness about this, that, and the other. That's why we call him. And anybody else say, say, no, he's reverend because he earned that. He went through all that stressful. And I'm sorry, I was in there with him. And I couldn't say a word. I was trying to tiptoe out of there. I said, man, I said, Boy. I said, man, you in a lot of, you in a lot of stress there. And I wanted, they said, no, Pastor, you wanted to be here. Sit here and listen. They didn't cut him no, they got up here on the following Sunday and said, we didn't cut him no breaks. So that's why he's called Reverend Richard E. Pointer. Is that clear now? Somebody, somebody asked me that again. That's why. Amen. 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 So I just wanted to, to get that straight again. Amen. Um, what about Bible study? Lord, your God, just everybody. Bible study. Bible study. Oh, my goodness. Brother Jonas Floyd started it all. Then we had Sister Kiana uh, Patton then Sister Denise White, and then Deacon Tarek Johnson closed it out. And, 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 and that man had a nerve to talk about, you know, we were talking about uh, trust in the Lord. He talked about, uh, what was spiritual swag? Spiritual swag. I tell you, that was awesome. Some, somebody ought to preach on swag or teach on that. Amen. If you don't, I'll steal it and go down the road later on. Amen. But that, it was awesome. All the Bible study teachers, we don't want to forget Sister Eleanor Wade with VBS and Sunday School. Give God some praise. Hello, wave at me, wave at me. Amen, 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 amen. Sister Eleanor, I don't know, she, get, she just got back. She getting ready to go to Alaska, Alaska on Tuesday. She all over the world, not over the country. She all over, talking about Egypt. When I was in Egypt, I said, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> Sister Mary, you was in one of them faraway countries. Where were you at? Africa, Afghanistan, somewhere. <laughs> Look, I bless all of you. You go all over the world. But it, it, listen, amen, amen. I, I thank God that you're able to go, but we pray that you come back safe and sound. Am I right about it? And of course, I thank all of the rest. If I didn't call your name, everybody else, the congregation, family and friends, those that are looking, I thank God for your attitude. Amen. Your commitment. I don't take that for granted. Please keep Sister Chantel in prayer. I almost got teary-eyed when I saw my daughter. Amen. Amen when she came in here. And her mom, Sister Lillian, and I heard your brothers coming along. Amen. So, so, so we got a lot to be prayerful. Sister Janice Dreher, 
just overcame some stuff. Sister Janice is right there. Amen. I don't want to put out, you'll tell it. Amen. But everybody's going through something. The Lord just uh, blessed them before. They got to tell you. I don't know. I ain't get permission, so I ain't say. They got a new home. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sister Keisha, I didn't ask for permission. I wasn't saying a word, but I said, I know it's a praiseworthy, but now you said it's okay. Amen. You don't tell everybody's business. Amen. Unless you get permission. But God is still blessing in the midst of all that's going on. Anybody still being blessed other than me? Amen. Give God some praise one more time. I want to say this before we get into our message. I will be back on uh, doing Bible study this Wednesday. Uh, that's September the 7th. I'm going to be talking about, if the Lord don't change it, waiting time is not wasted time. That's going to be our Bible study. Somebody's waiting, you tired of waiting, y'all need to come to Bible study, you need to tune in. Waiting time is not wasted time. Okay, somebody will be blessed with that. Amen, because I know, how many of us have been waiting for a long time? Amen, well you need to know that's not wasted time. Amen. Again, I thank God for you guys allowing me uh, with the support of my wife to celebrate 26 year pastoral ministry. I thank God for that. I thank God for all of you. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm a grateful pastor. Anybody know me personally? I don't take nothing for granted. I thank God for you and you and you and you and you out there. Amen. Give God some praise one more time. Turn with me if you would. Three passages, but there are only two verses in one verse in the other two. Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5. That's the New Living Translation. Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5. That's the New Living Translation. Then I'll go to Psalm 90, verse 12. That'll be the New King James Version. And then we'll go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, one verse, verse 11. And that's the New Living Translation. We'll begin Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5. That's the New Living Translation. Psalm 39, 4 and 5. Say amen when you get there. Verse 4, Psalm 39 says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made, verse 5, you have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Psalms 90 and 12, King James, New King James says, teach us, listen to God, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And then Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, New Living Translation says, Yet God has made everything beautiful, don't miss this, for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I want to talk around the thought, the idea, or concept. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. What time is it? 
18 after 11. Let's see how long the Lord will give me. Amen. I said timing is everything. Every aspect about life, including you're going to work each day, has to do with timing. I wish I had some witnesses this morning. Let's see if this illustration will help. I'm talking about the importance of timing. Bob, an office worker, had this problem of getting up late in the morning and was always late for work and he was put on notice. And after a few months of his lateness without any explanation, his supervisor was angry about it, and rightly so, and Bob was threatened and given a letter of termination if he didn't do something about getting to work on time. Y'all with me? Now, because it was the weekend and he didn't have to work until Monday morning, Bob went to his doctor, listen, who gave him some pills with instructions to take, uh, begin taking a pill each night beginning on Sunday night before he went to bed. Bob got a great night's sleep and actually beat the alarm in the morning. And after a leisurely breakfast, he cheerfully drove to work. Bob couldn't wait to see the satisfied look of his supervisor, who he knew was going to be impressed by his arrival at work with time to spare on this particular morning. But when his supervisor, who was waiting at Bob's desk with an angry look, said to him, you might as well go back home. You're fired. Bob said, how can you fire me? I'm here today ready to go to work with time to spare. Bob said, the pill my doctor prescribed actually works. The supervisor said, that's all fine. But today is Tuesday. Where were you yesterday on Monday? Y'all get it later. No wonder he was so rested. He slept two days, got to work, and the supervisor looked at him. Maybe Bob took two pills instead of just one. I don't know. But Bob got fired. I'm talking about timing is everything. Timing is the choice, the judgment or control of when something should or should not be done. Timing is a particular point or period of time when something happens. The first thing we need to know about God's timing is that it is perfect. I wish I had some witnesses. God's timing is perfect, just as everything about God's ways are. Psalms 18 and 30 Amplified says, As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tested. It is perfect. It is faultless. He is a shield, the Lord, to all who take refuge in him. Notice that word perfect. It means being entirely without fault or defect. Perfect means without flaw. Is anybody listening? Perfect means flawless in every way, every aspect. 
Deuteronomy 32, verses 3 and 4, the CEV Contemporary English Version says, Join with me in praising the wonderful name of the Lord our God. The Lord, verse 4, is a mighty rock and he never does wrong. God can always be trusted. Somebody say always. How many of us know we can always trust God? He can always be trusted to bring justice. Notice being perfect, God is the standard. Don't miss this. God is the standard by which everything else is measured. Amen, somebody. There's no other standard for perfection. Because God is the standard. I don't know who God is talking to this morning, but you and I are not the standard for goodness. We're not the standard. I'm not the standard for righteousness. I'm trying to do what I need to do to become and to be righteous, but I'm still trying. Amen, somebody. It would be impossible for God to be imperfect because that would mean that there's another standard that has found a flaw in God. There is no way you can check God like that. God's timing is never too early and it's never too late. I know somebody in here thank God that we've been waiting too long, he takes too long, but no event in history can interfere in the timing of God's eternal plan. Then Ecclesiastes chapter 3, most of not all of us know it says, for everything there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. Hello, somebody. Notice time is important to everyone because uh, 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 in some sh uh, shape, form, or fashion, no one can escape trying to get away from timing. It took you time to get here this morning. I already heard it's going to take somebody time to get here at 6.30 on Saturday. But don't do like that guy and take a pill and come here and it's Sunday and the bus then came and went back and came back and all. All right? Notice some examples of, of, of being time aware. We want to get up on time. Most, if not all of us, want to get to work on time. We want to get to church on time. And we want the church to start on time. I, I knew I'd get some amens there. We want to leave the church on time. It might be exceptional. I didn't start the 20 after 11. Y'all better be merciful to the pastor. We want to eat our meals on time. We want to make our appointments on time. We want to get our pay checked on time. We want to pay our bills on time. We want our teenage sons and daughters to be in the house on time. Our daily schedules and everyday routines and habits are all time related. Somebody's got something they got to do later on this afternoon and you want to do it on time. Am I right about it? No one would disagree. Our stay on earth is shorter than we would like to think. So we don't want to waste our time. Am I right about it? David said in Psalms 39 verses 4 through 6, the CEV translation, Please, Lord, show me my future 
Will I soon be gone? You made my life short, so brief that the time means nothing to you. Human life is but a breath, and it disappears like a shadow. Our struggles, your struggles, my struggles are senseless. We store up more and more without even knowing who will get it. And then James chapter 4, verse 13, we are warned about bragging about time. Somebody said, I'll see you tomorrow. No, Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow. And I understand, I, I said, I, I'll be there tomorrow, but, 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 but really, the, the more accurate way would be for me to say, Lord willing, I'll be there. You know, you can't tell everybody on the job that because they don't know where you're coming from. But for you and I, you understand, Lord willing, I'll see you on Saturday. Lord willing, I'll see you next Sunday. Am I right about it? Lord willing, I, I'll be at the, the, the restaurant later on this afternoon. Lord willing. We are warned about bragging about our knowledge of time. But notice most of the time we want to rush things. Yeah, we do. Anybody other than me ever want to rush something? Only a couple of y'all. Everybody else is easy with it? Amen. We want to rush things. But, but, but just because something has not happened yet, doesn't mean it won't happen tomorrow. Notice one, maybe one phase of your life is ending and another is beginning. Maybe, just maybe, everything that has happened to you up to this point in your life has been preparation for what God has for you to do ahead. Some of us think, well, it's over. No, Moses' ministry didn't get going until he was 80 years old. And he did ministry for 40 years until he was 120 when he died. I understand Moses, like some of us, think, well, I'm too old. And, and, and every now and then, because, you know, I stopped lying about 39 and 49 and 59, 69. I, I, I stopped lying about time. Sister Calhoun, I just don't say nothing no more. Just, just stay with it. Thank God for every day, Keisha. Just thank God for allowing me to get up. Amen. Amen. And, but I'm, thanking, I'm thankful I got a partner that's with me in time. She can't do too much busting on me about time when I say, well, we time together now. You, you ain't walking all that fast like you used to either. All right, let me stay out of it. I'll get in trouble. We had a beautiful time together. If I keep on talking, I'm going to mess with my time. I'm talking about timing is everything. And God just doesn't use young people who are prepared ahead of time. God still uses older folks. I wish I had some witnesses in here. Don't let the devil tell you at a certain age that it's over. Because if it was over, God would call you home. Come on now. Brother Wallace lived to what, 99. So you never know. And he blessed us all the way up through 99. Did anybody but other than me was blessed? <coughs> God's chosen people had to be prepared before they entered the promised land. Sometimes some of us are still waiting because God says, I'm trying to prepare you for tomorrow, but you keep on acting like today when I want to get today out of you so I can trust you for tomorrow. Y'all will get that later. God wants to get you out of today's mindset because he's got something different for you tomorrow. Am I right about it? 
You're still stuck on yesterday and today. God says, I want to wipe that out of you so I got something new for tomorrow. Am I right about it? God knows what he's doing. God knows that <clears throat> perhaps he's got to prepare you to look beyond what you see. Amen, somebody. You, 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 you. Sometimes we get so caught up on what we see that we forget we need spiritual vision. Amen, somebody. We need to see what through God's lens to see rather see we look at stuff like we going down. God says, don't you see the angels around you holding you up? We look at stuff like it's the end. God said, no, it's just the beginning. Amen, somebody. God has already promised us some stuff. And just because it hasn't come yet, you can't say God didn't come through. Am I right? When God makes a promise, he's always faithful to keep his promise. Does anybody here agree that God is always faithful? Always faithful. He may not get there when you want him to, but he's always on time. He's never late. Maybe he's waiting on you and me. Exodus chapter 6, verse 4 and 8, verse 6 says, And I reaffirm my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them the land of Canaan where they were living as foreigners. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your own possession because I am the Lord. Am I right about it? God made a promise and God says, why are your head down? Why are you acting sad? Why are you delusioned? Why are you listening to the enemy talking about God forgot about you? Why are you angry with God? God says, I'm the same God that woke you up this morning. I'm the same God that put a roof over your head. I'm the same God that put food on your table. I'm the same God that keeps you with a right mind when everybody else is going crazy. I'm the same God that gives you a testimony because in order to have a testimony, you had to go through a test. Am I right about it? God might be preparing you to tell somebody else, I know that God can conquer cancer. He did it before, and if it's his will, he'll do it again. But God is a keeper. God wants to see if he can get some praise out of somebody who's got a bad report. God wants to know if you only praise him when everything's going great. No, I'm going to praise him when I'm down. Because even when I'm not doing good, God is still good. If I don't have, God is still good. If I'm hurting, God is still good. If I'm broke, God is still good. If I'm sick, God is still good. Am I right about it? God is good because God, God is good. Uh, timing is everything. I tell you, it's important to manage it well. Amen, somebody. Remember David's advice to trust the Lord in Psalms 27 and 14? He said, listen, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he, talking about the Lord, shall strengthen your heart. Then he repeats it. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Who is God talking to this morning? He says, wait. Wait. I'm tired of waiting. Wait. 
I'm sick of waiting. Wait! I don't feel like waiting. Wait! I don't want to wait. Wait! And see what the end going to be. Am I right about it? I said timing is everything. And you have to be prepared to wait no matter how long it takes until God says so. I want to let you to know or give you some reasons <clears throat> why it's important to plan to wait until the Lord says otherwise. First of all, you need to know that waiting on God builds endurance. Waiting on God prepares you to receive God's promises. Waiting on God protects you from dangers seen and unseen. Waiting on God, here we go, allows you to know that you know that you know that you know that God is who he said he is. I said waiting helps us to see the importance of managing our time. Am I right about it? Most of us have heard the expression, maybe you said it, I'm just killing time. Well, God don't want you to kill time. He wants you to use your time wisely. He doesn't want you to kill it. He wants us to make the best out of our time. See, wasting irretrievable time can be self-destructive. Am I right about it? I know that sleep is important and designed by God for our body to rest and refuel for at least eight hours a day. But what do you do with the other hours? Are you just killing time? What do you do with the remaining 16 hours of a 24-hour day? I said timing is everything because it teaches us a number of things. As I hasten to a close, I want to share with you what we can learn about trusting God and the importance of his timing, and then we'll be done. Is that all right? First of all, listen, y'all want to get this. Waiting on God, on the Lord, teaches us to, number one, live each day with eternity in sight or view. Yeah. Amen, somebody. Yeah. I don't know who told you that just live and, and don't worry about, no, you live because we got to spend eternity somewhere. Yeah. Sooner or later, we all going to die. Pulpit to the door, ceiling to the floor. But after death, where are you going to spend your eternity? Hello, somebody. It just don't stop it. I died or she died or he died. Where are you going to spend eternity? You might get there eternity before me, but I want to get there if that's in heaven with God. I want to get where you're going. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, God has set eternity in their hearts. There is a season, a time appointed, listen, amplified, for everything and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. Am I right about it? We need to understand that we need to be prepared and we need to plan to use our time wisely. Not only live each day with eternity in sight or view, but you got to learn or we need to learn timing is everything because when we know that, we won't procrastinate. Stop procrastinating. See, 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 Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1 says, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. Don't get lazy and sluggily on God today because you think you got tomorrow to make time up. Am I right about it? Proverbs 13 and 4 says, lazy people, I'm reading the Bible, lazy people want much but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. The devil wants you to stop working, wants you to give up, wants you to go into some kind of funk where you just don't want to do nothing. 
you got to let the devil know that he's a liar. The same God that brought you to the way you are now is the same God that's going to carry you through. Do I have anybody know that? I don't have to feel like praising him. I praise him because he's worthy to be praised. James calls procrastination a sin. He says in James 4, 13, today, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we have uh, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there for a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. Verse 17 says, remember, listen, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. That's what God said. If you know you're supposed to get up and do something and you don't do it, God says, you're sinning. Not only live each day with eternity in sight, not only live each day or not to procrastinate, but thirdly, because time is everything, don't overcommit with your time. Y'all need to hear this. Exodus 18, you remember now when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people? He asked, why are you really, what are you really accomplishing here? Verse 14, he says, why are you trying to do all this alone? while everybody stands around you from morning till evening. He said in verse 17 of Exodus 18, this is not good, Moses, father-in-law exclaimed. He said in verse, you're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. That verse speaks to me. I ain't going to let folk wear me out. I, no, 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 don't look at me. No, I cannot do everything. That's why I need some faithful people. Faithful preachers. Faithful deacons. Faithful ushers. Faithful nurses. Faithful people in the church that don't expect the pastor to do everything. I ain't the only one that can do. You can do, and you can do, and you can do, and you can do. And I'm not insecure. If you can do it better than me, step up. I wish I had some witnesses. If you know you can do something good, step up with a godly mind. Don't do it because you can show off. Do it because you want to be a servant in God's house. Am I right about it? Sometimes you got to say, no, I can't do it. Y'all ain't going to pray for me. No, I can't do it, but I, 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 maybe I can get somebody to help you do it. Amen, somebody. Yeah, 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 this thing is cutting off and then an amen. No, Matthew 5, 37 says, just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Don't promise somebody you're going to do something and then don't follow through. Amen, somebody. Some of us <coughs> try to do it all because we don't want anybody else to what we call do it as well as you, and you burning yourself out. And God said, that's why I sent you some help. Come on, somebody. I ain't the only preacher in here. Nobody can preach like George Parner, and I don't want to preach like nobody else, and they don't want to preach like me. Be who you are. Don't compare yourself to somebody else's ministry. Nobody can do it like me. Amen? I'm hastening. Not only live each day with eternity in sight, don't procrastinate, don't overcommit, but fourthly and lastly, as I prepare to close, and take my seat. 
Timing is everything because we have to listen, balance work and rest. You got to balance work, y'all getting this, and rest. I said I'm closing, but there are five short reasons. I said short reasons. The Bible says rest is important. Is anybody listening? First of all, number one, God rested as an example that we would need to rest. Am I right about it? God didn't rest because he was tired, but he rested because he knew it as an example for you and I to follow because we would become tired. Ministry, if you're doing it right, can be hard work. Anybody know ministry? Can, ain't too many ministry people in here? Amen. It can be hard work because you not only have a ministry in here, you got a ministry at home. I wish somebody, you got a ministry at home. Some of us got a ministry at your job. Amen. In your neighborhood. In your community. Am I right about it? No, no. You need rest. Not only because God rested as an example, but you need rest because your body is weak and needs to recharge. Am I right about it? Remember Jesus being subjected to human limitations. He got tired. And took time to rest. Am I right about it? Y'all remember the storm in Matthew 8, 23, 25? Then he got into the boat and the disciples followed him. And suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus, the Bible says, he was sleeping. Am I right about it? And verse 25, the disciples went and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. They forgot who was on the boat. The Savior can't drown. If he's sleeping and you're going through a storm, he's not mocking you. He's telling you don't get all bent out of shape because you're going through. Anybody here going through, been through? There's a way to go through. You got to keep on walking. You got to keep on talking. You got to keep on praising. Ah, uh, I tell you, you need to know that you need to make the right, number three, you make poor decisions when you're tired. See, when you don't get the right sleep, you say things you don't mean, or you say things you do mean but shouldn't have said. Y'all missed it. Yeah, we make impulsive choices, and we often select what's easier as opposed to what's best. Remember Esau? In Genesis 25, beginning at verse 29, he sold his birthright to Jacob. Why? Because he was tired and starving. You don't want to make a decision when you're hungry. You don't even want to go shopping when you're real hungry. Y'all, it's hard with the hassle. You don't want to go shopping and you ain't haven't eaten for two days. Come on, now everything look good. You say you don't eat pork. Now you're picking up pork chops. I just threw out through that. You know, you, you, you know, no, 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 no. You, you, you don't want to do things when you're tired because timing is everything. Not only you make poor decisions, but fourthly, you can't effectively serve or help other people when you're tired. Am I right about it? Remember, again, when Moses... Father-in-law saw that all that Moses was doing in Exodus 18, 
He asked, why are you really, what are you really accomplishing? Why are you trying to do all of this alone? While everybody else stands around you from morning to evening? You don't want people standing around you while you're doing all the work, because all they're going to do is criticize. I know not in here, not out there. Don't you hate people? That, they, they ain't going to do nothing to help, but they're going to sit around and tell you what you should have done, yeah. how you should have done it. Right. Sister Evelyn, come on. Don't, don't, look, you, you, you ain't doing nothing, but you're going to critique me. Yeah. Well, pastor should have said this. He shouldn't have said that. He should have sat down. He shouldn't have put his hand up. He shouldn't have said that word. Shut up. You get up and do something, and I could critique you too, but I won't. You can't help people when you exhausted or tired. I said, as I close, number five, proper rest allows you to reset, to be refreshed, and to refocus on what's important. I'm closing on Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 and 31 says, he gives power to the weak. And strength to the powerless. Yeah, yeah. Even youths will become weak and tired. New Living Translation. Yeah. And young men will fall in exhaustion. Yeah. But, I love those consecrated conjunctions. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, <laughs> those who trust. Yeah. That's our theme we just got through with. Yeah. Those who trust yeah. in the Lord. Yeah. Uh, will find new strength. Yeah, yeah. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk <laughs> and not faint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you need to rest so you can reset and change the way you think. You can refresh and allow God to renew your strength. And sometimes you need to refocus. Am I right about it? Yeah. Stop looking at him and her and look to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Am I right about it? Yeah, yeah. Folk will let you down. Yeah. Folk will disappoint you. Yeah. Folk will mislead you. Yeah. Folk will even turn on you. Yeah. But Jesus, yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah, yeah. Jesus is always faithful. Yeah, yeah. Am I right about it? He'll pick you up. Turn you around, place your feet on solid ground. Ain't he all right? I heard Jesus say, come to me, all you are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will, I will, I will, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave him there. Timing is everything. It's time to worship him. It's time to thank him. It's time to be up and working for him. It's time to forgive somebody. It's time to accept somebody. It's time to do something now. It's time to give him glory, give him praise, and give him honor. Why? Because he's all right. Ain't he all right? 
Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Say yeah. Say Say yeah. Say yeah. Time is, is everything. Give God some praise. Yeah. 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 Timing is everything. When you should have got up and praised him, you sat down. And when you should have sat down and shut up, you opened your mouth. Not nobody in here. Not out there, but somewhere else. Timing is everything. Now's the time to thank God. Give God some praise, somebody. Give him praise. Give him praise. Oh! When I think, when I think about Jesus and what he's done for me, when I think about the Lord and how he set me free, I just... Oh, I got to let y'all go. I ain't been here for a few weeks. I got shout all up in me. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Say yeah. Ow! Oh, he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. I don't make any excuses for wanting to praise God. God has been too good. Hello, somebody. How can you ever get tired of praising God when he's the one that woke you up this morning? How can you get tired of praising God even if you got a bad report? God says, don't place your trust in people. Place your trust and faith in me. And if God were to put more on you than you think you can handle, no, he says, my grace, my grace is sufficient. Rest in God's grace. Somebody here, somebody out there, timing is everything. And if you're not saved, if you're not saved, Timing is everything. The right thing to do is to get saved right now. Not tomorrow, because tomorrow's not promised. Right now. What do you mean, preacher, get saved? Give your life. Acknowledge that you're a sinner, and you need to be saved. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No man, no woman, no boy or girl can get to my Father in heaven. You want to go to heaven? Jesus said, I'm the way. There is no other way. If you're in here, and you're not saved right now or out there. If you're not saved and you want to be saved and you want to go to heaven, come on down. Slip up your hand and say, I'm not saved and I want to get saved right now. Is there one in here? God can see a black hand on a black rock at midnight. Don't play with God and find out you're not saved and you die and bust hell wide open and tell me, well, I, I, I didn't know. Now is the time. Timing is everything. Second call. You already saved? 
but you don't have a church home. The doors of ABC is open. Why don't you come? Make it a public testimony. Say, excuse me, I, I, I'm going down. I want to show everybody that I'm all in. I'm all in. Is there one here? You're either not saved, you don't have a church home, and you want to publicly let everybody know that ABC is where God wants you to be. Third and last call. You're already saved. You already have a church home, and I pray it's ABC. But you might be a backslider. You're out of fellowship. You pop in, you pop out, you up, you down, but God has been consistent in your life. God says timing is everything. I want you to be consistent, committed, and faithful in all you're doing. And you want to recommit your life to God, reestablish. Is there one? Not safe, don't have a church home, or you're a backslider, want to be restored back to the joy of it. Don't let nobody keep you back. Say, excuse me, get out of my way. I'm going, because God is talking. When God talks, you come. Let nobody hold you. Is there one? I sense somebody's holding back. You want to recommit. You want to reestablish. You, you, you know God is talking to you. Backslider. That's between you and the Lord. And God knows how to deal with that. If God is worthy of honor and praise, say yes, Lord. Say yes, Lord, out of your mouth. Yes, Lord. You're worthy of all glory, praise, and honor. Give God some praise.